0: Hi, I'm Harlan. I'm Connor. And we are Tracking Tracking the cross. Cross. As a disclaimer, we are two individuals that are doing the best we can with the resources available. Please give us some grace as we figure out how to fully function the podcast at its capacity and provide accurate information to the best of our ability. The intention of this podcast is to create accessible information to the entire community and those outside of the community to bring interest to Southeast Georgia. Though this episode will not discuss difficult events, there will be episodes that will be discussing very harsh treatment to others and awful tragic events. So be sure that during those episodes, listeners' discretion is advised. All resources and information can be found on our social medias at Tracking the Cross, which each platform will have different information. Our Patreon will have access to all behind the scenes and extra information, including scanned documents, images, recordings, and more. I hope you enjoy the first installment of Tracking the Cross. Hello, so this is episode one of how Waycross got its name. There's a lot of speculation as to where the name Waycross came from, so this is to ease those speculations. A lot of people believe that it's because of the churches that are located here, but that is not true based off of our research. So in 1818, Kettle Creek Community is formed. This comes from what was Kettle Creek, Appling County. Ware County originally didn't exist and was formed from Appling County, but this episode is not on Ware County. In the same year, 1818, General Andrew Jackson assumed command of all American forces. Using Fort Scott, Kansas as a starting point, Jackson marched through all the way to South Georgia, pushing the Seminoles in front of him until a revenant led by Chief Billy Bowlegs took refuge in the Okeefenokee Swamp near Waycross and the rest led into Spanish colonies in Florida. This is important to note that there were no Native Americans in the area when the people, including the Founding Fathers, came to Waycross to establish a new area. The only Native Americans that were in this area ended up staying in the Okefenokee Swamp up until 1838. That was through the Okefenokee Campaign, which happened during the Second Seminole War, which was conducted by General Charles Floyd in 1838 to 1839 and forced the remaining Seminoles that were in hiding, either to surrender or to relocate off their land or flee further south into Florida. This is not to be dismissive of the community of Kettle Creek. We were just referencing specifically the Native Americans that were not here. Specifically the Native Americans that were removed. About six years later in 1824, the community of Waycross begins, not under the name Waycross, just people begin to settle in the area. In 1856, construction for two railroads begins meeting at the station at the junction of the three. One was already established and two were being made. And the ninth station from Savannah was in this area. This is where the number nine or old nine name comes from. Those were nicknames because Waycross area was the ninth station on that rail line. Eventually, about a year later in 1850, 57, Philip Coleman Pendleton settles in this area. A Savannah company headed by James Scraven started building a railroad from Savannah to Thomasville. An old stage road between Thomasville and Brunswick passed through here. Mr. Screvin decided to name the rail stop Pendleton after P.C. Pendleton. Eventually, P.C. Pendleton or Philip Coleman Pendleton took that train, he decided to rename the area Thiebaudville after his father-in-law, Captain Frederick Emond Thiebaud of Savannah. So it goes from Old Nine to Pendleton to Thiebaudville. Flash forward a little bit to 1917 as an extra bit of information, there was a Thiebaudville plaque unveiling. This plaque is located in a park that originally was the center of Tebowville, it is on Johanna Street. Basically the plaque explained um, the location of Tebowville and a little bit of the history, but it was stolen not too far after it was put. But eventually they replaced the plaque with something else, but the Teboville Park is still there and you can visit and it was established by the Linman Hall chapter of the Daughters of the American Revolution. Images of this will be located on our Facebook and Patreon. Here's some commentary from Connor and a little bit more information following the 1870s.
1: Imagine doing that like, it's like if I formed a town and, visited my stepdad or my uh father-in-law and was like hey let's name this uh Rogersville
0: yeah I don't know it's
1: it's really random but uh it's it's very uh what's the word I'm looking for um it's very humbling as well you know it's very sweet I guess yeah and starting in the early 1870s That's when a lot of the founding families of Waycross started to move into the area. Uh, One of the first families was this man named Mr. William Bailey. They moved to Waycross, and Mr. Bailey set up a camp of multiple families in tents on what is now Williams Heights. And I got that from a book, History of Ware County, Georgia. I'm unfamiliar if Williams Heights I imagine it was a neighborhood before they made the elementary school.
0: This is just a little bit of extra tidbit outside of why Waycross is named the way that it is.
1: So we'll have to delve into that later, but I do find it fascinating. And this area they dubbed Yankee Town, apparently because his home was once quote beyond the Mason Dixon line.
0: This is not an official name. This is just a nickname that the area was called. In our research, we actually found a few accounts of people stating that Yankee Town was a label for this area on maps, but beyond that, there isn't much on Yankee Town, at least from what we've seen.
1: This settlement was formed for the purpose of cutting timber in the surrounding areas. Streets were beginning to be laid out in the shape of the Maltese cross. And that was also uh, served as the Plant System Railroad's logo. So that's kind of some early beginnings of how Waycross may have uh, got its name.
0: In a book we will be referencing a little bit more later called This Magic Wilderness by Robert Hurst, on page 311, which will be scanned on Facebook, states that... A Savannah Morning News 1911 edition reports an entirely different story talking about the Maltese cross. Though later you will hear a different account as to where the word, quote unquote, cross came from. It states that the Maltese cross inspired the word cross. This was specifically stated because of the, quote unquote, amount of triangles in the city. So that is one account that doesn't necessarily make it the reason why Waycross has the word cross in it. You will learn a little bit more in the rest of this episode as to where the cross in Waycross comes from.
1: Not getting into the meat and potatoes just yet, though. Around eighteen seventy one, doctor Daniel Lott moves from Bullock County in Waresboro to what is old Waycross, that's like the area from Tebow Street, I mean, uh, Tebow Creek that stretches towards uh, what's now Central Baptist and I think the lower Plant Avenue area. Um, Anyhow, Dr. Daniel Omp moves here and Dr. Benjamin Williams around the same time moves from North Carolina. So around that time, they held several conferences with a guy named major harry haynes he was the superintendent of the savannah railroad they held conferences in hotels in our neighboring town blackshear which was actually established 1859 and it's weird to think about that since it's smaller now and we you know consider waycross to be the the bustling town but they had hotel accommodations and They met there, and to assist them in naming the town, they called upon a guy named Mr.
0: Dr. Daniel Lott held multiple meetings in Blackshear, but we will be referencing one in particular.
1: B.F. Allen, he was editor of a paper called The Georgian. So what they did, they spread out a map of the future city, and everybody kind of had this idea of cross something or something cross. Everybody had that cross idea in their heads.
0: I will be reading a direct excerpt from The Magic Wilderness Part 1 and 2 by Robert Hurst. It states in her book, History of Ware County, Mrs. J.L. Walker relates that Dr. Lott, Haynes, and others met in a Blackshear hotel. And with the assistance of B.F. Allen, editor of the Blackshears, the Southeast Georgian, they studied a complete map of the future Southeast Georgia town. Haynes had called it a railroad crossing. Therefore, the word cross was already imprinted in the men's minds. Stanton points out that the railroad officials simply added the word way to crossing and eliminated the last syllable of the latter word.
1: Uh, What's funny are some of these suggested names. Uh, I think there was like Southport, South Cross, Norcross, which actually became a town or perhaps was a town already in North Georgia. West Cross, East Cross, South Cross. I mean, all the directions were thrown in the bucket. And eventually, uh, somebody said crossways and then New Cross. I think they were wanting to name it that because it was such a new town and they wanted, uh, it was a new idea to them. So um, someone suggested, I think they all kind of suggested New Cross would eventually fade or rather the city would kind of.
0: Become old.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Thank you. (laughs) But that almost became its official name. So, you know, imagine if we were New Cross, Georgia. That just doesn't stick as well so um, it said that Mr. Allen's son was in the back of the room tapping for the Georgian and Cross was thrown out as a suggestion to
0: reiterate Mr. Allen's son Ben T. Allen was in the back of the room creating a report for his dad's paper at the Georgian deciding what the name of the town would be when he suggested Waycross
1: question and he said uh, it was aptly named for the Crossing of the Ways. And I think that kind of resonated with everybody, so they decided upon Waycross, thank God. And of course you've got some speculation on the Way of the Cross. That's very popular among residents because of course Waycross has many churches. Just about every street corner you're going to turn on, there's going to be a church on that street corner. One of the early reverends of the town, Reverend W.H. Thomas, or Uncle Thomas as people called him. Mm -hmm. He was told, he always said in his sermons that Waycross was named for the Way of the Cross. And he went as far as to call Waycross the center of the world. Crazy. Crazy. Um, but yes, in 1872, Waycross is created. The center of the town where the train depot currently stands was actually a log cabin where an early resident, Joseph McQuaig, lived. And in March, on March 3rd, 1874, Waycross is officially incorporated. So,
0: As a little bit more context, in 1872, Waycross is created. The area is named after the founding fathers and the people at that meeting, including Ben T. Allen. But on March 3, 1874, Waycross is officially incorporated. By definition, incorporated means your business is registered with the state so that it becomes a separate legal entity, meaning that the founding fathers and the people who named the community are removed and it becomes an official state government location. It's important to note that in America starting in the 1810s and booming in the 1860s that the gold rush was going on. Lots of people were moving from east to west to new territory including to expand the transcontinental railroad. This is important because of the fact that people were also moving south, yet not many people talk about it. So for the Founding Fathers to start settling in a completely new environment is just as important as those who moved westward. It's also important to note that most railroad routes before the year of 1863, 75% of it was built by enslaved African Americans. Stated in the Ray City History blog, one-third of all southern lines worked a hundred or more enslaved laborers. This meant cutting timber, creating the rail line, and etc. There were more than 1,200 enslaved African Americans at work building the Atlantic and Gulf, making the railroad perhaps the largest simple owner of enslaved people in Georgia. It's very important to remember and honor these enslaved African-Americans because if they did not create the railroad, we would not have commerce and many of the things that we have today, including the city of Waycross. It's important to note that these were people with feelings and hardships and lives that were taken so that we could have what we have today.
1: I can uh, can see us having little... White Carl's birthday celebrations later on in the podcast. Do something special. Oh, yeah. um, Founding fathers. That is important. Dr. Daniel Lott. He built the first brick warehouse in of which the first telegraph station was inside. Uh, Dr. Benjamin Williams, Mr. William Bailey, and Captain Kyler Hilliard. Some of these names you might recognize, especially Dr. Daniel Lott. His uh, his descendants living today—that's a weird way to put it—but um, the residents living today who were related to him uh, owned lots of furniture in downtown Waycross, and we'll cover this some more in later episodes, like who's who and everything like that.
0: To reiterate, it goes from Kettle Creek to number nine or old nine, Pendleton, Tebowville, then Waycross. Thank you to this episode's small business sponsor, Herbist. Herbist is a small local business in downtown Waycross, Georgia, specializing in premium CBD products that improve the quality of life for customers. They are a local hub for all things recreational CBD with HHC, Delta-8, and Delta 10. Walking into the location, you are greeted with a relaxing environment with informative employees. Feel relaxed with their wide range of CBD pain creams and vitamins for all price ranges, including Fur Baby CBD pet care products. Hosting a clothing section as well, get organic bamboo clothing that helps the planet, economy, and you, the customers head to their location at 300 Mary Street in Waycross, Georgia. Support local. As mentioned in other parts of the podcast, our Facebook will have our resources, pictures, and eventually we will have a digital map accessible to everyone to be able to visit these locations and have more information, especially if you are out of the community. Our Patreon will also have more information, including behind the scenes on this episode. Our tags on Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, and Patreon are all at Tracking the Cross, spelled T-R-A-C-K-I-N-G-T-H-E-X. A special thank you to the Waycross Ware County Library in Waycross, Georgia, for having these resources available to the public where we were able to find this information and provide it to you all. Their location is at 401 Lee Ave, 31501 in Waycross, Georgia. Yes, thank you guys so much for listening and tuning in. Um, the support we've gotten is has been amazing. Yeah. Um,
1: Just in 24 hours. Yeah,
0: literally. And um, if you want more information on Daniel Lott, you can always go to the Heritage Center. The Heritage Center does have a room dedicated to the Founding Fathers, um, including a mock-up of his original house that is, um, I believe it's called the Hilltop Center, which is on Plant Avenue, but that's where Mm -hmm. his house stood. And there's actually like a granite plaque, almost like a tombstone, dedicated to the history of where his house was. And it was called the Hilltop House. Because um, at the time it was the top of the hill
1: is that on Plan Avenue or in the Heritage Center? That's yeah.
0: um, a mock-up of it is in the Heritage Center, but the hilltop Center With down black Yeah, that is I think I don't want to say it's the Social Security building But it's like where you do your food stamps and stuff. Oh cool that building um, Is now like a, almost like a shopping center kind of thing the building I am referencing is called the Hilltop Center But the building inside is actually defaced. Right on the corner is a granite tombstone dedicated by the Waycross Women's Club in 1940. We will also have images of this on our Facebook page. That's where the house actually was. And there's a plaque there that explains more about the house. But if you go to the Heritage Center, you can see like a mock-up of the house and like a little, made-up room almost to look like like the living room that they had, and um, I think it has one of the original fireplaces there. Definitely check out the Heritage Center. Yes. Um, And those are two locations worth checking out, including the Hilltop Center to read the plaque. Um, We'll also have an image of that on our Facebook. As a correction, the three locations to visit are Tebowville Park on Johanna Street, Hilltop Center on Plant Ave, in the Okefenokee Heritage Center on Augusta. Specific address, 1460 North Augusta Ave in Waycross, Georgia. Thank you for all the support we've been getting on our social medias and thank you for listening to this installment of Tracking the Cross. Without our support and our listeners, we would not be able to do this and provide accessible information to everyone. Connor will now give you a little bit more information on our next episode and once again, thank you.
1: Arlen said, you can catch us next time in episode two. That'll be in about two weeks from now. It's going to be all about the history of our neighboring town, Blackshear, and about the Blackshear Family Cemetery. So yes. check us out, Spotify, YouTube, Patreon, wherever you listen to podcasts. And we'll see you then.
0: Bye, guys.